0: All right. Well, good morning. Good to see everyone out this morning. Thank you for being here in the Lord's house. Looking forward to uh, what the Lord's going to do for us this morning. Let's have a word of prayer and get things started. Uh, Brother Danny, sir, would you please open this in a word of prayer? Our come to the house of God.
1: We ask bless the song service, the preaching, the Bible, and Lord, we'll give you all the praise and glory as you minister to our hearts. Give us what we need to be better
0: servants for your glory. Things thanks we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand. Turn to page number 504 in our hymnals. Page number 504. Oh, say, but I'm glad. Page number 504. Please turn to page number seven. Come now, fount of every blessing. Page number seven. I appreciate them being here this morning. As you find your way back to your seat, I do appreciate you being here once again, and uh, it's a it's a joy to have a missionary with us. And uh, brother Ben, uh, is it Murray? Okay, brother Murray's. And uh, so we appreciate him being with us. He's going to show some slides and um, give a little explanation, and then we'll get into the preaching service here shortly.
2: So. Well, good morning to you. Morning. Oh, you're a good morning church. All right, I like those churches. Even if you didn't say good morning, I'll still like you. I won't hold that against you. Well, good morning to you, and my name is Ben Murray, and my lovely wife is sitting over here, Natasha. She hates when I point to her, so I'm sorry, I'm kind of pointing to And our son, Audric, which he's in the nursery now, he's three and a half, and we are missionaries, church planning missionaries, as I call ourselves, To Taiwan, as you see on the slide here. In just a moment, I will show you a video of Taiwan. We spent six months in Taiwan. We got some footage while we were there. We'd like to take you to Taiwan by video today and give you a glimpse of that country and their need for... The gospel. We're all about proclaiming the name of Christ to all people of all nations, of all tribes. As we read in Revelation 7, we see a worship before God. And who are they proclaiming? They say, Worship to our God and the Lamb who sits on the throne. We pray that God would have Taiwanese people. Worshipping in heaven because of our labors, because of your labors of prayer and support for missionaries on a global level. So I will step down, show that video, and then following that, give you some details about our ministry as well. Thank you. I distinctly remember a time in my life when I got alone. God, my Creator, I truly was awed by His glory displayed in the heavens. The year was 2008. I was in Lancaster, California. I had ventured a bit into the desert and sat down near a tree. Under that indigenous Joshua tree, I gazed up into the night sky full of innumerable bright stars. As I marveled at God's handiwork, my mind recalled the verse. Psalms. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth His handiwork. a time of inward worship and great admiration of the Lord, my Creator, and Jesus, my Savior, I told God that I would do whatever. I would go wherever He wanted me to go. After that heartfelt prayer, God urged my heart greatly in that moment to consider the loss those who have never heard the gospel, those Jesus died to redeem, those who have no truth about God, those who remain in spiritual darkness. Little did I know God was preparing me and my family to be for missions one day in Taiwan. And something I could have never known were the hearts of those whom God was preparing thousands of miles away in Taiwan for the message of grace and salvation. There are 24 million people in Taiwan, most of whom live in the major cities, which contain at least 2.5 million souls each. They are a modern people, much like Americans. They are people of wealth. Many have every luxury money can buy. There is little need or want in this society that has it all. They pursue their own version of the American dream. They operate multi-billion dollar industries. They are a people who embrace the technological age, and they love social media, just as the rest of the modern world. But they are also a deeply religious people with strong ties to traditional ways and devout religious practice. Due to the vast, sweeping history of Buddhism, other prominent Eastern religions, they are a spiritually dead in bondage to false idols and ancestral worship. And what little of the Christian church Taiwan knows, it is most commonly a church that lacks the saving and essential message of Jesus Christ when considering all the spiritual opposition of this missionary in particular. Some may doubt there is hope. But don't forget the words of Jesus in John chapter 4. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. Our hope is that God is still at work. It is clear that God is seeking worshipers of His glory, of every kindred, of every tongue, and of every people and in every nation. We also take hope in the biblical pattern for accomplishing the Great Commission. Our primary method for establishing long, lasting, and true biblical change in Taiwan is church planting. The installation and multiplicity of sound theological churches will ensure a gospel work that will outlive our days. The inception of these churches require a critical element We know that God must raise godly national pastors to lead such indigenous churches. During our six-month missionary internship in Taiwan, my wife and I had the joy and the privilege from God to disciple a good number of Taiwanese, English-speaking men and women. We know from experience that discipleship works because it's not only a biblical pattern for how we should raise up godly leaders but we've also seen it work firsthand. Lastly, and most importantly, our greatest hope lies in the proclamation of God's word to the nations. We know it is God's word that he uses to work in the hearts of the spiritually dead. Because we place such a high priority on the communication of biblical truths, we must study Chinese intensively during our first years in Taiwan. We are most happy to report that it was during our missionary internship that we both received daily language training. I personally had the opportunity to preach a short sermon, fully in Chinese, at Throne Baptist Church in Kaohsiung, Taiwan. We are thrilled to be in service to the King of Kings. God's kingdom work is our mission and highest call. Taiwan still needs the gospel. The Taiwanese are not a rich people. Will you pray and help us go tell them of the gospel of Jesus Christ? I hope you're able to hear that, and I hope you're able to catch a vision for the mission we wish by God's grace and through the prayers of his saints and his people to accomplish for his glory. For his glory. And so at this time I will run through a bit of the ministry information about who we are, how we wish to accomplish this mission God has called us to, as well as the training we've received and the goals that we have. And so if you look to the screen initially I just wish to show to you where Taiwan is. As Taiwan is not to be confused with Thailand, close in name but not the same country. As we see here a picture of Asia and off the coast of China there you will notice Taiwan. And Taiwan is a island, as you can see here, and a population of mainly Chinese individuals that have come from China and, and went to Taiwan. And so we are reaching China even through Taiwan. They speak Mandarin Chinese. As we look at the population, we can see 24 million souls that need to know about Christ. We wish every one of those to know about Jesus, but we also realize the mission is too big for just two people. But it's not too big for our great God. Amen. And so we look to uh, some facts about Taiwan. It's very densely populated, one of the most densely populated countries of the world, of the most top 10. I like to compare it to Texas, which is about the same population. And if you were to cut Texas up into 20 pieces and tell all the Texans move to that one sliver of 20th of Texas, that would give you the population density similar to Taiwan. Now, how many of you think Texans would be all right with that? (laughs) I don't think we would be all right with that. Population density is something to consider. So there's people on top of people, skyscrapers everywhere. It makes our Chicagos and our um, Indianapolis and and so on look small in comparison. As my wife said, there's 2.5 million people represented in most of the major cities, which is Taipei. Taichung, and Kaohsiung, which is where we were located. Kaohsiung is right around here. And uh, also make mention, Taiwan does have complete religious freedom as a Republic of China. Often people ask, is it communist? Can you go in and preach the gospel without being put in jail or kicked out? And the answer is, yes. This is an opportunity that God has opened up, and I believe we as a church have the obligation to go while there's an opportunity, and the harvest field is white. Unto the Lord. And lastly, just a fun fact it was known as Formosa originally before it was changed. And so it's a fairly new established country. I think they're on their fourth president. Tsai Ingwen is her name and actually means bad English. Well, the sound of it, but Tsai Ingwen, it really doesn't mean bad English. It just, well, you have to learn Chinese to understand. Sorry for those that didn't. But now, talking about the religion, we look at 30% of, of Taoism, 35% Buddhism. other, and 2% Protestant Christianity. As you can see here, there is a great need for more gospel-preaching churches in Taiwan. By simply just looking at this pie chart, we can see with only 2% of 24 million professing in the God of the Bible that Jesus Christ is the atonement alone, and by Him and through Him may we be saved by faith, by grace, in Christ Jesus alone. As we read in Ephesians 2, 8, and 10, This is a message that's largely not heard. What is heard is the prosperity gospel that says, have your best life now. Pray to Jesus and get healed. And He heals, amen. But it's a type of gospel that is not biblical. As we saw of the worship in the Taiwanese church, there was a woman pastor. There was preaching that wasn't emphasizing the word of God. Christ is the only way to heaven. And that is what brings me to see and consider the need of Taiwan specifically for the gospel. So would you pray God would not just send us, but also many others to go? Next, how would we wish to accomplish this daunting task? How is it that God could raise up just through two people, churches for his glory? I say it's impossible for man. But with God, all things are possible, right, church? And so we wish to follow God's pattern, God's biblical example, and how we are to raise up churches, raise up godly leaders for His glory. If you notice here, we went to preach Christ, plant churches, and prepare national pastors. Preparing national pastors is a key part of this, as we do not wish to become, per se, the, the pastor of the Taiwanese church for many, 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 many years. We wish to plant many churches and ask God to raise up national leadership and for those churches to become self-supporting long-term and to outlive our days as missionaries. We have one life to live. How will we spend it? And I will spend my life for God's glory wherever that is He wants me to be. But as we see God leading, it's Taiwan. And I will pour hours into training men and my wife discipling ladies to see the Lord raise up a generation that says Jesus is the only way to heaven. Next, you'll notice how we prepared. We have six months of on-field mission training, six months of Chinese training, which is nowhere near the amount of time we need to learn a new language. So we will go back to learn more of obviously. But we also have, and thankful for our local church and today, our sending church, for pastoral staff experience. Having the local church involved in missions is the vision that God paints for us in Scripture in the book of Acts. And so we wish the local church to be involved in missions and we're thankful for that time of internship and training in practical ministry. But also on the theological side, my, I do have a bachelor's degree in theology just in training for missions and training in knowing God's word. But as our dear brother preached this morning in Sunday school, we're Bible students, not Bible scholars. We are always learning God's word, and so it is our endeavor to continue in growing Christ and to be a better minister of the gospel. And how will we accomplish this? What's accountability? Who are we going through? Under what banners are we represented? As I mentioned, my home church, Lifeway Baptist Church, but also Project China. And between these two institutions, we have all the general benefits of a well-known mission board and also our home church behind us in supporting us. They are a faithful and long-term supporter of our mission, but also behind us on the pastoral level. What that looks like, kind of broken down, is that they help in sending us to global, for global mission work, pastoral care, counseling, ongoing accountability... An administrative of mission funds, which by the way, most mission boards require about 15% of your support to go fund their administrative causes. I was speaking with uh, Josh and administrative uh, is his uh, pursuit, and he probably could tell you, yes, there are fees involved with administration. So we believe through our home church, Project China, we were able to, as a network, missionary network, we have all the general benefits every missionary would need and the confidence we can instill in our supporters so that we may continue for God's glory. And uh, wrapping things up is our five-year goals. What will it look like from now until we get to the mission field and when we're on the mission field? It looks somewhat like this. We're currently in our first year of deputation, support raising, meetings and connections such as this right now. And then the following years uh, we have continuing of meetings and connections. We pray that we also begin to prepare for the field, both learning, growing, equipping ourselves, ongoing missions training continually during this time, and Lord willing, full support, to be able to go to Taiwan and start ministry. Amen? That's our goal, is to get there as soon as possible. There's an urgency for the gospel. But once we're there, and this is our first year, what will that look like? What's the day in life of a missionary look like? Constant outreach from day one. Personal evangelism. Sharing Christ with those that have enough English understanding. Again, we're limited in our language. And so, intense language training must be done. Six to eight hours, five to six days a week. If you want to go with us and learn Chinese, we have a shine-up seat in the main foyer. How many of you would like for six to eight hours of Chinese learning? So pray for us. That's not an easy thing, but one very necessary. And during that time, we wished God to raise up people who have enough English understanding to have home Bible studies, begin reading God's Word, and begin to form a core of believers, converts to Christianity, Christ alone, that may become those that will be of the first few in our church plant. And we see God, again, raising up indigenous leaders, Preaching fully on Chinese would be the goal by the end of year five. And that's of course a lofty goal. And what I'm working diligently towards, as well as my wife also beginning training in Chinese. But also we pray again for that pastor training. We want to see national leadership raised up and these churches become self-supporting. So we can reallocate our mission dollars to not just start one church, but as we see here, many churches. Many churches preaching the gospel for God's glory and advancing of his kingdom on earth as jesus says to pray thy kingdom come thy will be done as it is in heaven so on earth and so would you pray for us in this endeavor and as we look to to raise support we have a mission launch fund plane tickets cost of chinese learning uh university studies in in chinese learning uh, initial startup costs for a home car there are costs involved and then we wish to put that money towards uh, evangelistic events outreach church building costs uh, Bibles and Gospel literature. But we also, on top of that, are raising monthly support. And this is what our timeline looks like from now till 2020, the end of 2019. We're asking God to help and send us in that time. Well, if you have any questions, we encourage you to come by our table. And we'd love to talk with you. Pick up our prayer card. We'd love to stay in touch with you as well. And thank you for your time. God bless.
0: Murray and the presentation there. Hope you'll pray, and get by, and uh, pick up one of his their cards, and uh, you pray for them, as I know that they covet your prayers. Of course, it's always good to be um, to support financially, but I know uh, speaking to every missionary that I've ever talked to, they said the number one support that you can do is pray for them, and so that's not just a cliche, but it, they truly mean that. So uh, please pick up a prayer card. Get to know them, and uh, if you have any questions, I know they'd be happy to answer those. All right, let's sing a couple verses of page number 495, and then we'll get into the message. If you want to stand and stretch your legs just for a moment, we'll sing the first and the last. appreciate you being here this morning. I hope and pray that you've already been blessed to be in the Lord's house. It's always good to be in God's house. Amen. And I uh, hope that you've been praying this week, praying for Brother Jackie. I want to give you just a quick update on him. Um, uh, he's doing very well. And so we praise the Lord. We give the Lord all the glory and all the, the credit that he is uh, uh, that He is due. Uh, so we praise the Lord for that. Um, he... Uh, if you know anything about Brother Jackie, he is a uh, overachiever. And uh, the doctors are, are very impressed with his progress. I think it was the first day they asked him to do, they said, Now I want you to do today, sometime today, I want you to do around three laps. And so he gets up in the morning and does five just to start off with. And uh, so, and then the other day, I think what did he do, 40 some laps the other day. Uh, and so he is doing very, very well. They've got the pain under control. And I know uh, Brother Travis and Miss Pam, Brother Jackie and Caitlin, the family, they appreciate your prayers. I, I know I've been up there to see him, and he's just overwhelmed by the love and support from our church, Brother Wes's church, and other churches that have been praying. And uh, so I do thank you so much, church, for, uh, for being such a, a blessing to uh, the Ivers family in this time. All right, let's get into the message this morning. I do appreciate, again, you being here. Uh, By way of introduction, of course, today being we're kind of observing Thanksgiving, we're having our dinner afterwards, and let me say we want to encourage you to stick around and say, I didn't bring anything. That's okay. I've already looked at what's back there. There's plenty of food and all the... Uh, leftovers go to my house, and I don't like leftovers, so, uh, so you just stick around and uh, have a good time with us, a fellowship, and then what we'll do is have an afternoon service. Brother Ben's going to give us a devotion, and I've asked him to do that, so I'm looking forward to that. By way of introduction, in Luke chapter 17, a uh, very familiar story that we read about the ten lepers, and uh, they were healed, and, but only one returned to the Lord to give thanks, when it comes to doing what's right and to give thanks it's there's there's not many willing to do so. You see the 10 cried out all cried out to the Lord for healing but only one came and thanked the Lord for what he had done in his life. These men should have been thankful for the providence of God, God sending the Lord Jesus Christ their way and And these men should have been thankful for the passion of God, that that God cared for them, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Uh, They should have been thankful for that. And these men should have been thankful for the power of God to, to bring about healing in their lives. But before we become too harsh and too hard on these men, let every man examine himself. How often do we take for granted the blessings of God? Of course, November being the the month of Thanksgiving, and and a lot of people I'll notice they'll put on their Facebook, they'll put uh, day one, thankful for my family, or thankful for this, and and they go through the whole month. And and I, I, I think that's wonderful. I really truly believe it's wonderful to be giving God thanks for what he has done for us in our lives. But I don't think it should be just in November. I think it should be every day of our lives we need to be thankful and grateful for what God has done for us. You see, the Bible says this, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. We too find ourselves on many occasions failing to give God the glory, to giving Him praise for what He has done in our lives. God has been good to me. Church, God has been good to this church. And God has been good to you. As individuals, God has been good to us. I often compare um, modern-day Christianity, modern-day Christians, to the children of Israel. And that's where we're going to get uh, to in just a moment. But we're often guilty of forgetting that He is the one that deserves all glory. He's the one that deserves all praise. He's the one that is is worthy of it all. In Revelation chapter 4, verse 11, it says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and praise, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. We are often guilty of taking His goodness for granted. It is almost as if we expect or think that God, uh, that we deserve better. It's almost that we have that attitude. We must understand that we are unworthy. We don't deserve. We don't deserve His goodness. We need to get a hold of that. We don't deserve His goodness. What we deserve, you've heard me say this many times, what we deserve is we deserve to die and spend eternity in hell. But I'm so thankful, aren't you, that we don't get what we deserve? Aren't you thankful that God sent His Son to die for our sins and to, uh, and to pay that sin debt for us? Not that we were worthy, But that he done that because he loved us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. See, we're reminded during the month of November to be thankful. You may be thinking, that's silly. Why do we have to be reminded? Because we often forget to be thankful. We often forget what the Lord has done for us. Say, oh, no way, pastor. That's not me. Well, look again at the lepers. They were graciously helped. And only one came back and gave thanks. You see, through the, if you look through the scriptures, you'll notice the Israelites. How many times did the Lord do great and mighty things in their midst? I mean, how many times did God work miracles and God do things right in front of them and then only for them to forget what the Lord has done for them? If you will, turn to, to Psalm uh, 106 this morning, Psalm 106. We're going to read this and uh, see what the Lord has for us. It says in Psalm 106, Praise ye the Lord. O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Who can utter the mighty acts of the Lord? Who can show forth all his praise? Blessed are they that keep judgment, and he that doeth righteousness at all times. Remember me, O Lord, with the favor that thou bearest unto all thy people. O visit me with thy salvation, that I may see the good of thy chosen, that I may rejoice in the gladness of thy nation, that I may glory with thine inheritance. We have sinned with our fathers, we have committed iniquity, we have done wickedly. Our fathers understood not thy wonders in Egypt, they remembered not the multitude of thy mercies, but provoked him At the sea, even at the Red Sea, nevertheless he saved them from his names for his namesake that he might make his mighty power to be to be known. He rebuked the Red Sea also, and it was dried up so that he led them through the depths and as uh, through the depths as though through the wilderness. And he saved them from the hand of him that hated them and redeemed them from the hand of the enemy. And the waters covered their enemies. There was not one of them left. Then believed they his words, they sang his praise. But notice this verse, verse 13. They soon forgot his works. They waited not for his counsel. They soon forgot his works. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, again, thank you for this opportunity to be in your house. Lord, we thank you for... Lord, your love, your mercy, your grace, thank you, Lord. So it seems not significant enough to say thanks for all that you've done. But Lord, I pray as we have this Thanksgiving service and we give you all the praise and all the glory this morning, help us not just on Thanksgiving or the week of Thanksgiving or the month of Thanksgiving, but help us to be thankful every day. And for every situation you said in your word and everything, give thanks for this is the will of God concerning you. And God, I pray that we would be thankful people, Lord, that we would praise you and give you the glory. Even during the trials and troubles of our lives, that we could say, God, you've been good. Lord, I pray that if there's one here that doesn't know you, that today would be the day of salvation. Lord, as we think of the missionaries this morning, the Murrays, Lord, I do ask that you would uh, raise up their support, that they would have... Be able to go to the their uh, to Thailand and and, uh, Taiwan and Lord, I pray that you would just work a great work in their lives, use them in a great way. We'll give you all the praise and the glory that comes from this in Jesus' name, Amen. The Psalmist here, the author of this Psalm, is is unknown. Many of the scholars that credit David for the Psalm and. But uh, here in Psalm 106, notice there in verse 1 and 2, it says, Praise ye the Lord, O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Who can utter the mighty acts of the Lord, who can show forth all his praise. The psalmist starts by praising the Lord and giving thanks to the Lord for all that he's done. He's saying, hey God, you're so good, and I want to thank you for what you've done. Then notice there in verse uh, 7 and 8, it says, Our fathers, they, they understood not thy wonders in Egypt. They remembered not the multitude of thy mercies, but provoked him at the sea, even at the Red Sea. Nevertheless, he saved them for, for his name's sake, that he might make his mighty power to be known. He say hey, he's doing all this so that they would see, hey, God is the God of the world; that He's Jehovah God, and that they need to recognize Him for who He is and what He's done in their lives. The psalmist says that the Israelites then forgot forgot what the Lord had done for them. Notice there in verse nine through twelve, he says he rebuked the Red Sea also, and it was dried up. So he led them through the depths as though. Uh, Through the wilderness, and he saved them from the hand of him that hated them, and redeemed them from the hand of the enemy. And the waters covered their enemies, there was not one of them left. Then believed they his words. They began to sing, or they sang his praises. God is uh, the, recalling all the things that he's done. The psalmist is recalling all the things that, that, that he has done. And, and he recalls his marvelous works and the mighty great acts that he performed in their lives right in their midst. Then I want you to notice there in verse 13. Then they, they soon forget his works. They soon forget his works. Oh how quick we are. To forget his works in our lives. How we forget how good God has been to us. In Psalm 103, verse 1, it says, Blessed are, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Forget not all his benefits. Why does the Lord keep reminding us through the, the scriptures, forget not? all the benefits. Forget not what the Lord has done for us. Forget not His works. Why? Because we forget. We take it for granted so many times. There, there are so many benefits of being a Christian that we need to remember and be thankful for. And I want to give you three thoughts this morning, and we'll have the message, and then we'll go eat some good food, all right? Number one, I, I believe that we need to remember and be thankful and not forget his works, and his wonders in our lives his works and his wonders. Look there at verse 7. It says, Our fathers understood not thy wonders in Egypt. Hey, they had forgotten. They uh, God uh, had done some great things here and we'll get into that in just a moment. And then it goes on down. You read on down. Uh, it says that he might make his mighty power to be known. God was showing his works and his ways, his wonders and to, to the people and they forgot his works and his wonders. They forgot about those things. We need to remember God's works in our lives, how He how He blesses us and what He does in our lives. The wonders that uh, the Psalmist is talking about here—it was talking about the red, sea, or talking about the plagues and, and uh, the other wonders uh, at the, the, the miracle of the Red Sea, splitting the Red Sea open, and and uh, they walked over on dry ground. You've heard me say this before, but the Bible says it was dry ground, and I believe it. I don't believe the sole of their foot got muddy at all. I don't believe I believe that you could have took a jackhammer in there and tried to jack it was hard as concrete. The Bible says it was dry and I believe it was it was so dry that there was dust coming off their feet as they were walking across. Why you say well pastor why do you make such a big deal because it's a miracle of God. And no one can doubt the miracles, the wonders and the works of our mighty God. See, the children of Israel, was, they were in bondage to the Egyptians, serving hard labor. And God sent a man by the name of Moses to, to lead them out of bondage. And, and uh, through these trials, God, God showed these, the Israelites some things. He showed His pointing. His pointing, his directing in their lives in Exodus 13, 21, it says, And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud and led them the way uh, and by, the, uh, by night in a pillar of fire to give them light to go by day and by night. God led them. God was directing them. God was pointing them in the way they should go. God had his hand in it the whole time. You see, He guided and directed them. He pointed them in the way they should go. The Bible says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not into thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. God's telling us, if we would just follow His direction. You see, the children of Israel, you know what? They were fine. They were doing great as long as they followed His directions. As I followed his point as he was directing their lives, we need to remember the Lord is directing our lives and we need to follow him and trust him that he's working, that he's pointing, he's directing. We often get all out of sorts when we go through hard times. I'm not the only one. We all get out of sorts when, we, when there's a hard time, a trial, a trouble comes our way. We begin to forget who God is. And what he's done in our lives. We need to be thankful, even during the Red Sea experiences, even during those times that we have no we, we don't know what to do. We need to look to him and trust him and, and follow his pointing. But then I want you to notice also, he shows during these times of trials, during this Red Sea here, God showed His power to him. God showed His power. When the Egyptians began to come closer, they were trapped. They had the Red Sea in front of them and the Egyptians behind them. And they began to worry. They begin to forget that God had just sent miracles to them uh, through the plagues. And the, uh, the ten plagues, we all know the story there. And, and God done some wonderful works there. And So they finally got away from the Egyptians. Now they're Red Sea right in front of them. They're between a rock and a hard spot, one man said. They don't know what to do, and God reveals his mighty power. The Bible says in Exodus fourteen sixteen, 16, it says, But lift thou up thy rod, and stretch out thine hand over the sea, and divide it, and the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. You know what God was doing? He was showing how powerful. He was saying, "Look to me, don't trust in all the things that you can do. Don't trust in your strength and your military might. Don't trust in those things. Those things will fail you, but I will never leave you nor forsake you." Amen. See, He was showing His power that he was able. God is able to get you through your Red Sea. God is able to get you through any trial or any trouble that you're facing. Folks, we need to be thankful. We need to be thankful for his pointing, his power, but also his protection. He was showing them this. Look there. Or you don't have to turn there. Exodus 14, 14. It says, the Lord shall fight for you. He told the children of Israel, the Lord shall fight for you. Hold your peace, he says. He said, hey, Moses, tell him not to worry. You know what I'm doing as a pastor right now? I'm telling you, don't worry. Cast your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Be thankful and everything by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Romans. Now think about this. God said He would fight for us. The Bible says in Romans eight thirty one, if God be for us, who can be against us? Why do we worry and fret and over things that we have no control of? Why don't we just look to him and trust him, follow him, realizing that he's our protection? You know what happens? We know the story. The Red Sea, they walked over on dry ground, then the Egyptians come pursuing. And the waters, as they were congealed there, the waters come crashing down on the Egyptians and killed them. Can I remind you of something that's happened here? They didn't raise one finger. They didn't have spend any money it was all God He's so worthy of our praise God closed up the Red Sea and destroyed the Egyptians after experiencing the victory of God's pointing, uh, uh, pointing them in the way they should go. God directing them and seeing God's mighty power, walking them through the, the dry ground and, and, and destroying uh, the, uh, through His protection, destroying the uh, Egyptians. The Bible says this, that they believed his words and they began to sing a song. Oh, how we, when we see the victories, we experience the victories in our lives, we begin to say, oh, God is good. Jesus, I love thee. Oh, bless the name of our God. And we we begin singing praises. That's what they did in Exodus 15. It says, Then sang Moses uh, and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord and, and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and the rider hath been thrown in the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will prepare him in habitation, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. However, after they sang the song, the Bible teaches us that it wasn't the song that goes on forever. That song didn't last very long. In Psalm 106, back to our text, the Bible says, they soon forgot his works. Before you know it, the children of Israel began to get hungry and thirsty and begin to murmur and complain about the man of God, about the manna from God, and about God himself. They experienced the wonders and works firsthand. They saw God do these things. But that wasn't enough. God shows them his provision. In Exodus 16, it says in verse 15, it says, And when the children of Israel saw it, they said one to another, It is manna, for they wist not what it was. And Moses said unto them, This is the bread which the Lord hath given you to eat even though, listen, they began to murmur and complain and forget that God has provided for them, that God has protected them, that God has been their source of power, they soon forgot. And then they murmured and complained about the man. And and you know what? God sends them another blessing. God's been so good to them. Time and time again, God has revealed his wonderful works and wonders to them, yet they become... They come to, we come to this portion of scripture and it says they forgot. They forgot his pointing, his power, his protection, his provision. I believe today we are guilty of the same exact thing. We forget God has directed us where he's directing us. We forget uh, that God has, is uh, our source of power. We forget about his protection and about his provision. Then I want you to notice something else that God tells us here Forget not his words. Look there in verse 12 of Psalm 106. It says, They believed, then they believed his words. They sang his songs of praise. They sang his praise. You know the thing about God's words? God's words are comforting. Folks, when you're going through trials, you're going through hardships, I can tell you this the greatest source of comfort isn't in the bottle, it isn't in drugs. It isn't in friends. It isn't in family. The greatest source of comfort is in the Word of God. Nothing comforts me more than His Word. No matter what I'm facing, I can go to His Word and draw from the well of life. I can draw from his, His Word and get comfort there. You see, I'm comforted to know, number one, that I'm saved. Anytime old Satan tries to uh, uh, stick his ugly head in my life anytime he old slow foot tries to do things tries to discourage me tries to say you're unworthy I'm reminded of 1 John 5 13 these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the son of God that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the son of God I know that I know that I know that I'm saved folks you know what gives me the most comfort Knowing that I'm saved. Knowing that I'm on my way to heaven. But also I'm comforted knowing that I'm secure. The Bible says in Joshua 1.5, it says, I will never leave thee, I will never fail thee, nor forsake thee. I'm secure in the Lord God. Listen, folks. I believe we ought to arm ourselves and protect ourselves from the enemies of this world. But our greatest source of security comes from the Lord. He's our source of security, but I'm comforted to know that I'm safe. Deuteronomy 3.22 says, Ye shall not fear them, for the Lord your God shall fight for you. He says this, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. I think of God's word being comfort, but also think about God's word being convicting. You know what, when I'm not doing right, God's word convicts my heart. It may not be anything, it may may not have anything to do with what I've experienced, what I've done or however, but God's word cuts like a knife, convicting me. The Bible says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof. That word reproof there means conviction, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. See, with the Word of God, a man can be brought under such conviction. Folks, I worry about people. I do. I worry about people that want to continue in sin and not experience the convicting of the Holy Spirit. I doubt salvation. I'm not the judge, but I can tell you this. Sin should be, bring about conviction. When the Holy Spirit deals with us as we're in the Word of God, folks, it should bring about conviction. If, it, if, you don't, if you're not under conviction, you don't experience the chastening hand of God and you're continuing sin, I would question my salvation. Jeremiah said this in Jeremiah 20, verse 9, Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. But his word was mine heart uh, was in my heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones. And I was weary with forbearing, and I could not stay. Folks, God, when God's word convicts us, we got to do something in our hearts and our lives. But I want you to notice also God's word are concluding. In our articles of faith under the, the Bible section, it says this, that the word of God is a final authority for all faith and practice. God's word. It's not my word that's final. It's his word that is final. Amen. You may not like it. It, ha- it has Listen, it matters not whether you like it or you don't. God's word is final. One day He's going to have the final word. When old Satan tries to uh, stand up against the Lord, he's just with the words of his mouth. That's how powerful God we serve. Just with the words of His mouth, He will be destroyed. Revelation 19, 15, And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he, might, he should smite the nation, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and then he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and the wrath of Almighty God. He'll have the final say there in Revel, uh, Romans 14, 11, It says, For it is written, As I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow, and every tongue shall confess to God. Folks, listen to me very carefully. There's coming a day that our lost loved ones and our friends that don't want to have nothing to do with God, they curse the name of God, they, they think that, uh, uh, that they are going to have the final say. Yeah, they will say this, You're Lord. They're going to bow down. Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. I believe that's every single person is going to confess that He is Lord. Now, not every single person is going to heaven, but they will confess that he is Lord. Now, well, notice well, the final thing, and we'll have the message. And forget not his way. Notice there in verse 14. It says, but lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tempted God in the desert. Deuteronomy 28 9 says, the Lord shall establish thee and holy people unto him. As he hath sworn unto thee, if thou shalt keep thy commandments, the commandments of the Lord thy God, and walk in his ways. The Israelites forgot the way of the Lord. They forgot that the way of the Lord is righteousness. Folks, listen to me. The ways of the Lord is righteousness. It was not just a problem way back then, but it's a problem today. And we forget that his ways are righteousness. We need to walk in his ways. You know, how do we walk in his ways? To be holy. Say, Pastor, I, I, how can I be holy? Through the blood of Jesus Christ, through the forgiveness of sins. We can be made holy. The Bible says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed, notice that, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what that is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We need to remind, listen folks, we need to remind ourselves that we need to walk in the ways of the Lord. Folks, is there some sin in your life? You know what you need to do. You need to get right before the God, before the Lord. You need to come to an altar. You know the thing. Of it is God says that if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now that's not talking about our salvation. He's talking to save people there. So we can lose our we can we can't lose our salvation, but we can lose our fellowship with God. Folks, if you're walking in sin, you need to get right with God. Walk in the ways of God. See, we need to remember that His way is praiseworthy. The Lord is righteous in all His ways and holy in all His works. His ways are perfect. As for God, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all those that trust in Him his ways are pleasing the step of the good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way the Bible teaches us in Proverbs 14 12 there's a way which seemeth right unto man but the end thereof are the ways of death folks we need to walk in his ways not the ways of man not the ways hey if you think oh, I'll do it my way folks you need to get right with God Jesus reminds us that there's only one way, and that's through the Lord Jesus Christ. See, the choice is up to you. If you're saved, there are two choices on this shelf, pleasing God or pleasing self. This Thanksgiving holiday, please take time to remember to say, say, thank you, Lord. Don't forget. Forget not. We get all busy with all the the holiday festivities and things. I want you to have a great time with your family. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your time together. But don't forget God has been good. Don't forget what he's done in our lives. Don't forget his words to us. His works to us. His wonders and his ways. Don't forget God's good. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Don't forget. Don't forget. God has been so good to us, folks. We need to be reminded from time to time. We get get busy with the the hassles and the things of this, this day and this world. We just need to be reminded. I need to be reminded thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done. His heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I'm going to encourage you to find a place at the altar. If God has spoke to your heart, the altar is open. You come find a place and just get alone with the Lord. You're here today and you say, Pastor, I don't even know for sure if I was to die today. I'd go to heaven. Pastor, pray for me. Anyone like that? Pastor, pray for me. Anyone? Maybe you're here and you say, Pastor, I'm saved, but there's some things in my life that's just not right. God knows it. I know it. Pastor, pray for me. I need your prayers. I see that hand. Anyone else? Say, Pastor, I need to get right with the Lord. I want to encourage you to find a place at the altar. I claim that promise if I confess my sins. He's faithful and just to forgive me. Won't you claim that promise this morning? Our Heavenly Father, Lord, you know the hearts of every person that's here. Lord, you know exactly what we need. Lord, I pray that you would just do a work that only you could get the glory and only you can get the credit for. Lord, work in our midst. We'll give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. Lord, for those that raise their hand for not walking in your ways, not being what they should be, Lord, do a, a work and restore that one. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do. We give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor that comes from it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Brother Adam's going to begin playing softly. Would you stand to your feet? God, has spoke to your heart. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Maybe you just need to find a place at the altar and say, thank you, Lord, for saving me. I haven't said it lately. I haven't, I haven't told you lately, but thank you, God, for saving my soul. Thank you, God, for all that you've done. Thank you for my family, Lord. Thank you for this. Let's be thankful, folks. appreciate again you being here. Let me give you a few announcements as the men come forward. We'll take up this morning's highs and offerings. I want to remind you, right after our services this morning, we're going to have uh, dinner. There's plenty of food. I believe everything's ready back there. And so please stick around. We want you to uh, have some fellowship time uh, and uh, uh, enjoy the time together. Then this coming Tuesday is our Pie and Testify service. Uh, Bring your favorite dessert. It don't have to be pie. It could be cake, I guess. Brother Greg likes cake too, so uh, yeah. But uh, cake or pie or uh, pudding or anything, anything, anything sweet, uh, we'll will eat it. All right. And so you come. That, it is a wonderful service. Come prepared to give your testimony of just praise and thanks to the Lord. And then there will be no Wednesday service this week. I want you to. I know I got family. You got family coming in, or you're heading out of town. And want you to take that time and spend it with your family. And then I want to remind you, this coming Saturday will be the final work day, I believe, for Back to Bethlehem. And so we're going to get all the final touches in. It uh, looks so good, and I appreciate all that have helped. And uh, I tell you, uh, Brother Adam was telling me this was uh, the best year so far. We've had so much help. And uh, it has just been a well-oiled machine. So thank you so much, church. And uh, please, if you're able to give a, a few minutes or hours this coming Saturday, I know, uh, I know you have a busy weekend this weekend, but we want to get the final touches for Back to Bethlehem. And then um, Back to Bethlehem is December 1st through 3rd. We're having some um, yard signs uh, put out, uh, made up. And so... Uh, we're going to give those out probably next Sunday. It says this. Uh, we're going to put some out here to church and some around uh, the area. Uh, but if you'd like to take one and put it in your, your yard to advertise, please take care of it because we're going to bring them back. And the way we had it was this Thursday for, or this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday and gave the address and, and uh, things. So um, you can take it, bring it back after, the, after that, uh, after Back to Bethlehem so we can have it for next year. We don't have dates on it. Um, uh, so that way we can use them over and over again. All right, I think that's all the announcements. Do Oh, happy birthday to miss Suzanne. her birthday's today, I believe. So happy birthday, 28 today. Amen. So yes, yes, yeah. And uh, so you pray for her. And then uh, Brother Sonny and Miss Donna Wiggs, happy anniversary to them. And uh, that's tomorrow. And so happy anniversary to them. And then our Deacon of the Week, Brother Danny Lovejoy, would ask that you pray for him. Our Trustee of the Week, Brother Jimmy Clevenger. Our Family of the Week, Brother Roger and Miss Tracy Amos. And then our Missionary of the Week, uh, Brother Larry and Miss Betty Parshall. So you remember these folks in your prayers. All right, let's go ahead and go to Lord. Brother Tim, sir, would you please? Father, we humbly come before you. We just thank
2: you for you poured out upon us, Father. We are unworthy. And we just praise you for your grace and your mercy. Lord, we thank you for allowing us to be together this morning to worship you. We thank you for the message this morning. We thank you for the missionaries that have come, Lord, to share yes. their, their burden and the goals that you've set for them, Father. And I pray that you would bless them in a mighty way, Father. We just thank you for all that you've given us. We ask your blessing upon this portion we give back today, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm-hmm.